0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Warm Blanket podcast where we embark on a journey to see what makes us feel good about Star Trek, where is our love comes from and what it means for us. In short, what is our Warm Blanket? My name is Gary, I'm your host and I'm very honored to welcome here my very special guest today, the actress who played in multiple TV series like Becker, 4400, Murder, She Wrote, just to mention a few. For many of us, she will be remembered for playing a certain royalty in a small movie called Star Trek First Contact that she won a Saturn Award for. She is a well-established stage actor, producer, and an avid gardener, who I'm very fortunate to sit down today and talk to. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a very warm welcome to the one and only Alice Krieg. How are you <laughs>
1: Hi, Gary. Thank you for, for a lovely, lovely introduction. I'm, I'm I'm doing very well, and I'm very happy to be joining you.
0: Well, the, the honor and the pleasure is, is certainly mine. And before we go into um, the, let, let, let's say, air quote, the uh, serious talk, I wonder, what do you enjoy most about gardening?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, it's it's it's, uh, it's profoundly therapeutic to just put my hands in the earth. Um, and I... I love that when i am in our garden which is in very wild countryside and it's a fairly wild garden it's not manicured or tamed Mm -hmm. um um, that i feel immensely connected to well i will just say it the web of creation because we have all sorts of little wild animal animals who come in and out of our garden um, we have a, a section of the garden that's really, really wild. We've let it go to a meadow mm-hmm. this f- in the last month, so it's full of clover and nipple water and all sorts of little wild flowers, and that's where the hedgehog lives, and the <laughs> slow worm um and we have cows and sheep on the other side of the hedge um, and i I just feel um. Very strongly that I am a small part of creation and there's all this incredibly vital life sort of blooming around me Um, Mm. I suppose what I love about it most is it is it gives me a sense of being connected or part of a really miraculous
0: whole No, it, it is certainly <laughs> it is certainly a good aspect of it, and I, I experienced it myself um, working in this uh, small garden that we have in the in the backyard, and it's um, really, as you mentioned, it's is therapeutic. Therapeutic, as, as as I can, I can, yeah, I can agree with that um, strongly. Um, uh, it,
1: can I just <laughs> say one more thing? Sure. If, if you are a gardener. Um, there is a wonderful series of books written by a woman called Dorothy McLean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not about gardening per se, but she was a woman who through a, a, a long journey, a uh, sort of spiritual journey, mm-hmm. came to be able to to communicate with the Davidic force or blueprint behind each plant mm-hmm. and trees um, it's like the creative blueprint everything has a highly specific blueprint, like a thumbprint anyway, she's written this series of books, <laughs> one of them is called The Call of the Trees and the other one is To Hear the Angels Sing I don't know if you've ever heard of Finnhorn up in Scotland, you might have oh, not yet <laughs> Finnhorn Bay, look it up on the internet um, anyway she uh, she, she, she communicates with, with the Davis or the fairies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really do suggest you, you you get the books, you can get them as Kindle online,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they are they're like they open a window to a, a secret, invisible life of the garden. Mm-hmm. It, it really kind of is very enriching. For the gardener's experience of of his or her, the plants in their garden,
0: mm-hmm. I will make sure to check that out. <laughs> um, just to um, start a conversation um, from the very beginning, may I ask, have you always wanted to be an actor?
1: No, no, no. I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> and that's what I what I trained to do initially. Well, f- from the age of of eight, I uh, I became very absorbed by by ballet dancing, mm-hmm. uh, but but by the time I was sixteen, my 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 father f- said quite rightly that he didn't think it was a, a career that had any long lasting life. Um, and I was gonna I went to university to become what my mother was, which was enormously interesting to me too, uh, a psychologist. Um, but I had one free credit and I did a year of drama, and that was it. Um, I I gradually kind of sh- changed course and and wound up as an actor.
0: Wow, and I I seem to get to know that you have been part, or I'm not sure if you're still part of the prestigious Royal Shakespeare Company um, in in England.
1: Yes, I, I, I did a season at the bar, at, at uh, Stratford, and then actually at that time, because that was a long time ago, that was in the early 80s, mm-hmm. at that time they took the productions from Stratford up to Newcastle, and then from Newcastle down to London. So I did that, um, I did that two and a half year um, wow. cycle of of, of performing at the yeah. RSC.
0: It kind of makes me wonder um, two, about two things. One, um, if you have ever had the chance to, to play with um, Sir Patrick Stewart um, and why on earth you have not been casted in Doctor Who before?
1: <laughs> um, well, well, obviously I, I worked with Patrick on First Contact and, but that was the first time I met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done Doctor Who on the radio. Um, oh really? I've been in some Doctor Who radio episodes. You know, there's a company called The Big Finish. Oh yes. That does Doctor Who, or has done in the past. And I've done a couple of of their um, of, of of their shows, but I've I've never done it on television. No, you know, I haven't been asked. Uh, so, uh, it's never happened.
0: Well, who knows after this. If Christian Bull is listening to this, please hire Miss Krieg. You <laughs> want we want to see her on Doctor Who too?
1: <laughs> that would be great.
0: Do you like the show? Do have you watched Doctor Who before?
1: I not a great deal of it, but I have and I do. <laughs> yes. I don't watch much television. I actually garden or, mm-hmm. or walk with my husband and our dog. I, I uh I uh, I don't know why I don't watch a great deal of television. Oh, that's
0: probably you know I gr- of, I grew up television. without
1: it. I grew up without it, and I think I've never never got the habit of doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And really? i mostly mean, I'm working, so I do I do a lot of sort of research when I'm about to do a role. So uh, I I kind of um haven't had that much time. Don't have that mm. much time. My husband is very, very good. He writes and directs, mm-hmm. and um, he watches everything as research, really. And mm-hmm. so every now and then he 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 yanks me in to watch something.
0: Mm-hmm. So I I wonder um, from many <laughs> interviews you. Um, you stated a few times that um, before you got the role in Star Trek, you haven't really watched um, Star Trek, or you didn't really know about the franchise itself. But now that um, I think I can safely say that that the uh, that the role and the franchise kind of became a um, a part of your life. Um, how do you think about the franchise in retros- retrospective?
1: I am immensely grateful to be part of the universe. One, because the role was, was really a fabulous role to play. Um, and I was very lucky. I had three goes at it, because then there was Voyager, and then there was the installation at Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only did I get to work with all the people that I'd become very fond of twice more, um, but I got to to go on exploring the character. And that was something that, really 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 impressed me about Mm -hmm. about Patrick and um, all of them really everyone in Next Gen because they they didn't ever kind of sit back and think oh we've got this character nailed they Mm -hmm. all went on looking to expand the characters complexity I mean Brent was really really looking to, to push out the boundaries of who Data was. Mm-hmm. We, you know, they'd, they'd been doing it for years and they hadn't got bored, they hadn't got tired of it, they weren't jaded. I was very impressed and, and touched by that as an actor. Mm-hmm. So they were wonderful to work with, really. Um, and I know that I've said this many times, I say it at conventions because I really do mean it um to to go to conventions is very special for me, one because for many reasons, but one of them is that the the community mm-hmm. you know I go from job to job, and sometimes I don't see people that I really loved working with ever again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but there is a sense a very real sense of community in the Star Trek family. Um, and it's really lovely to be able to keep revisiting that. Um, to meet fans, the same fans I've met before, I meet again. And actually to see all the actors again. is Because so often you just don't cross paths with people again, ever. Mm. Um, and you're always on the move. So it's it's lovely to have this sort of through line of 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 the Star Trek family both the fans mm-hmm. and the actors
0: it, it is it is wonderful to hear and and uh, being a fan myself um, i can totally say the same thing about the fan community as well like being being amongst these people who who love the show for for the same reason as i do is just it's just fantastic and and uh, conventions are the same um, for us as well going in there and really just uh, really just connect um, on that on that one day and apart from being constantly online and and chatting and chattering about everything and anything Star Trek um, well
1: and there's another thing that I love about them mm-hmm. I love when people come in costume <laughs> because you know, as, as, a, as my job as an actor is essentially, it's very, very serious when I'm working but there's also an element of play to it and an element of make-believe and um, briefly exploring other realities and mm-hmm. I think most people when they leave school or uni and they get a job just the weight of being a grown-up and having to have a house, and if you've got a partner or you're married and you've got kids, um, that's a huge responsibility. And then, and then, within a relationship, there's enormous responsibility. And I think that what what folks do who come to the conventions, that they can be playful <laughs> and dress up. We, we we stop doing that. Most people stop doing that. And I think it's so important. I think it's really important. Um, and so I love it. I, I love to go and see people sort of extending their imagination and their their creativity.
0: So I, I suppose you have um, met a fair amount of um, people who dressed up as, as your character from First Contact or Voyager.
1: Yes, and their, 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 their ingenuity and creativity in making the costumes, the Borg costumes, just blows my mind. There's no way I could do that. Um, just wonderful.
0: So I, I, I came to wonder, and I'm sure you, you have got asked this question quite a few times, but how did you get the role for the Borg Queen for oh, First Contact?
1: My, my, my agent submitted me, um, you know, as they do of mm-hmm. the roles, they get a breakdown of what's casting and they look at it and they think, right, well Alice might be good for this. And they, they send in your photograph and your resume um, or your show reel. Um, it's of course it's changed now. Now <laughs> you ver- you very, very rarely meet a director. Mm-hmm. It's you put you 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 put yourself on tape and you send the tape. And if they're interested, they will either offer it or mm-hmm. they will ask to speak to you, usually where they can see you, Skype or FaceTime or WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And you, or now I guess it will be Zoom. Um, <laughs> and, and then you have a meeting. But when, when, when I auditioned for the ball Queen, I actually went and met them. Um, and I, I hadn't, I knew nothing about Trek at all. I had my husband had a friend I was in LA at that point um, who had written, co-written with his wife
0: Mm -hmm.
1: some of the Borg episodes Um, and so I went and borrowed some of the Borg tapes from him and watched them and went in and she's actually a very small role she's in about three scenes three Mm -hmm. scenes and then one tiny one where she doesn't really speak much. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I learned the scenes. I went in and I did it. I had said to my agent, I need to see the script. I can't, mm-hmm. them, just the three scenes. And she said, no, you don't begin to understand. No one sees the script. This <laughs> is it. You either do these three scenes or you could forget it. So I did the three scenes. And as I was actually doing them performing them for for jonathan and the casting director and the producers i suddenly realized how fascinating she was and just how interesting she was mm-hmm. and i thought i'd completely blown it so i <laughs> when i left the the audition you know there were not we didn't have cell phones so i mm-hmm. i ran to my car on the part the paramount parking lot and i drove out in search of a payphone, and the first phone i found i called my agents and i said i really blew that oh please phone them and ask them if i can do it again i would really love the role and i know i can do better anyway she phoned them and told them and uh we heard nothing for three weeks and then i th- and i thought oh well you know another one bites the dust and mm-hmm. then um we got a call from them and uh they said we want you to come in and do it again please and I did and they offered it to my agent as I was walking to my car in the car park so you know who knows what happened or how that process went down I don't know Mm. what uh, what made them change their minds or at any rate what made them decide maybe they were talking to other people I don't know but uh, that's the story
0: it was faith you had to play that role. <laughs> was it was it hard getting into the costume and finding the character? I mean, you mentioned that um, by by at the time when you've been doing the rehearsals and the auditions, you kind of thought that she's a fascinating character. But I just wonder if it was it was a bit of a more uh, it was a journey on its own to to find the character behind the lines. I am.
1: Um every every role has a has a process that's kind of spe- at any rate with me mm-hmm. that's kind of specific to that role and so i no one no one they'd all gone off the whole cast mm-hmm. and 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 crew and jonathan they'd all gone off to the angeles forest to shoot those sequences uh, you know in the forest where 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 um Oh, you know the ones I mean, up in... in anyway. uh, yeah, those yeah. those sequences. Um, they'd gone off to shoot that. So the only person in L.A. was was Brett. Brett. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, so we spent some time together on the lot, just talking. And he was very helpful to me. He, he had his very own particular take, and it was really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. But no one else really had an idea of exactly who the borg were or where they'd come from Mm -hmm. there wasn't like that i knew of a mythology or a history of who they were so i thought well i better figure this out myself and so i did things like reading a brief history of time again Mm -hmm. um and just started to try and figure out for myself who she was um and then we started the costume process and the makeup process. And both things were enormously helpful to me in terms of the character just showing up. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with the costume. Costume is always a, a definitive moment because it's like the very first concrete choice you make. Mm-hmm until then you've, your mind is going round and round, and you're, you're you're maybe dreaming and just an intuitive thing kicks in. but the first choice you make is what she wears mm-hmm. um, I didn't have too much choice because <sighs> they had a very clear idea of what they wanted um but it was extremely helpful the 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 actual Process of of assembling the suit because Mm -hmm. each the arms and the legs and the torso were all sort of molded onto webbing Mm -hmm. Um, and and to begin with it was too small for me
0: oh
1: Um, and they had to make me a new one um, after the first day Um, well well, what it wasn't too small what happened was it shrank
0: oh. Nice. The
1: rubber shrank, and it was way too tight. It mm-hmm. was it was impossible. They knew that I couldn't do it because my hands and feet swelled up because mm-hmm. it just couldn't get a blood supply. But the 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 run up to that first day and the first day really kind of developed the character's walk, and it was the costume that did it. <laughs> um, but also the the. The face that Scott Wheeler designed um, was absolutely crucial. In in I mean, if you think about it, you can't really imagine the ball queen apart from what she looked like, can you? Not really. No, no. I mean, other characters you could think, well, maybe she could have had red hair, but (laughs) no. The ball that is that was it. It was like the character just showed up. It was like mm-hmm. it was just a channel. It doesn't happen very often, but it's crazy when it does. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of exciting because you're just, it does it, she does herself. You just show up and then she shows up and you kind of watch the whole thing happen. It's very peculiar. But it's, it's rather wonderful.
0: Did it ever occur to you into your mind once you once you stepped into the um you know the makeup chair and you you kind of left as you went there as Alice screen and you left from the makeup chair as in the Borg Queen and you looked in the mirror. What was, I wonder what was your first impression? Have you got um any impression of like hey this is am I this is who am I at the moment?
1: Well, it was very interesting because there there was a day very s- just before we started shooting when they put it all together Mm -hmm. um, because the makeup took a very long time initially Um, it got it got faster by the time we were doing voyager and then even Mm -hmm. faster by the time we were in vegas uh, or shooting for vegas we didn't go to vegas we shot on the paramount lot Mm -hmm. Um, as i remember no 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 we didn't we shot somewhere in the valley in uh, in the san fernando valley i think we shot on some stage somewhere Mm -hmm. anyway um, it took a long time the makeup took about Mm -hmm. seven hours six or seven hours to put on and so it was very interesting because layer by layer she emerged anyway the day came when we put the suit on and the face on at the and the head the whole all the tubes and everything on (laughs) to show the producers and the we were all I when they did my my makeup and suit they I had a little caravan just Mm -hmm. me um on in in a corner of that area of the lot where we were because I would start at three in the morning um and Mm -hmm. so it was just it was just me and Scott Wheeler um Mm -hmm. but when they showed the producers and Johnson, the the whole look, they took me into the big trailer where, 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 where Patrick and Brent and everyone was, and they were like mirrors on four sides. It was all mirrors. And um, I, I, well, we were, we, we called them and said, we're ready. And they were on their way down from the offices upstairs or up. On the on, on the stage mm-hmm. and um, while we while we waited for them to walk over they put in the lenses and um, I kind of I was standing facing the mirror the makeup mirror and everyone was standing behind me and I kind of blinked I suppose and I looked up into the mirror
0: hmm
1: And everyone behind me went, and I thought, yes, (laughs) this is it. (laughs) They're scared of her. They created her. They're scared of her. Um, Which was, it was a wild feeling. It was lovely, actually. Um, She was a very weird sandpit to play Mm -hmm. the ball queen. You know, you get to to explore a psyche um, like that, mm-hmm. totally amoral, totally without empathy. But you don't suffer the consequences from being that. <laughs> do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I know.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a weird, interesting process because. You get to be someone you would never, ever, ever dream of being in your real life, um, <laughs> but you get you get to live it. It's wow. a, it's a crazy.
0: It must be, um, and the, the the sheer fact of it that um, she's she's considered as a villain in in the Star Trek universe, and. You know, there's one thing I I I wanted to ask. That do you think that she's really a villain, or she's no. just a? No,
1: she's. <laughs> <not> a <villain. laughs> she, she's she's doing her, her, you know, she she's doing everyone a favor. She's not a villain. They've just got the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> 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 I guess she is a villain. Um, exactly because she has no empathy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I suppose people would call her a sociopath. I think that's too human Mm -hmm. a a label to put on her because she isn't really. She's not human. She's a force in creation um, that assumes a human form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't make her any nicer or any better. know that she's not human she's not she's she is on a certain level pure energy Mm -hmm. um have you ever she's a she's a kind of 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 energy that obviously exists in Mm -hmm. the universe and she just for for the purposes of the story she assumes a form that that people can connect to Mm
0: Yeah no, I, <laughs> I, well I, you that's know, my I, story I,
1: anyway. That's what
0: I, I think. I think it's definitely a nicer way to put it because I I I, I certainly think that she's not as a, a quote unquote villain. I mean, no villain in Star Trek really a villain. Um, I mean, we can go back in um, history and and talk about this and but you know I don't want to bore anyone. <laughs> it's a different episode for a different different day anyway. Um, but i'm I'm thinking actually, and there's one more question, and um that I would like to dive into some other things as well. Um, have you ever thought that the character will become such an iconic um, recognisable person, a character that that you know that will essentially be a big part of your life in a sense? I have
1: no idea, no idea at all, and I don't know if they did either. I don't think they anticipated that that what she would ultimately be mm-hmm. was a sort of archetype, and I think when you strike a note that that is an archetype, um, p- people people make her specific to themselves they experience her in in a highly personal way Uh, you know I've been to to many conventions now and and almost everyone has a highly personal interpretation of who she is Mm -hmm. and and what she is um so it's it's interesting they created a character that that resonates inside people's heads to do with their fears to do with a whole number of different things all contained within her but mm-hmm. they 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 link what she is links in a highly personal way to everyone who who experiences her and i i i I haven't seen that happen very often mm-hmm. um I have no idea if they if they anticipated that the character would become um, as you say iconic, a sort of archetype you know like yeah. like Gabriel, the angel Gabriel or the angel Lucifer is an archetype. Lucifer is an archetype, and in a way she's. A bit like Lucifer, a fallen angel in a way.
0: That's a very interesting. That's a very interesting way to put it, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. So, I I have read um, a few interviews with you um, back um, a few years ago, and um, you said that you don't really watch episodes of yourself from Voyager or even from First Contact. I wonder if that changed in the pa- in, in ever since and. If you do the same thing with movies or episodes that you've been you've been played in and what would what what is the reason behind if I can ask this question
1: i I find it extremely painful to watch <laughs> i just uh, all I can see is what i failed to accomplish it's, mm-hmm. it's uh it's uh it's very difficult i don't I don't enjoy it at all um I I kind of now have to watch everything because one needs to have what they call a showreel, just mm-hmm. with you, you pull excerpts from, from stuff you've done, not necessarily everything. They really can't be much longer than five minutes, but that's what you send out um, mm-hmm. when you're looking for a job. And then there's also another another sort of site that agents and casting directors and and production people use so you put you it's like a cloud site and you put clips of your mm-hmm. work that the chose a range and a variety you you put it up on that website or they'll put it up there and so mm-hmm. i kind of have to watch stuff to to pull bits out but um it's extremely rare that I would watch watch anything more than once, and I watch it for that reason,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not because I I enjoy watching
0: myself. Wow, i I did not I, I did not know that you know that that could be a. I mean, I I imagine being in the business, you you it's like basically doing your job you don't necessarily want to watch yourself doing your job in a sense like if I'm if I'm I'm a telephone operator I don't wanna watch myself back eight hours yeah. a day yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: alright um, so uh, we arrived to a place in our little episode um, where we have a short segment called uh, only you know and it's um, five quick question Okay. that I preferred for you. Um, do you have a secret talent?
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, d- I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, I d- a secret talent? I don't know. For example, <laughs> I mean, if I've got a talent at all, it's that I find people Endlessly interesting, my, and my my I suppose a talent, if you want to call it that, <laughs> is that I am immensely interested in people and animals too, actually.
0: Do you have any dream coaster that you would like to play with?
1: A dream coaster. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, there are so many. <laughs> um, I I I mean the list would go on and on. I think there are so many wonderful actors. Um, so many. Um, it's a shame to name one because it excludes the others. Do you know what I mean? I know. Um, and I don't want to do that.
0: that that's fine. I respect that. <laughs> <Yeah>. If you <laughs> if you weren't an actor what would you be?
1: Um, if I could go back and start again
0: yeah Maybe. let's 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 go that way mm-hmm
1: I would I would I would probably be what my father and brothers my father was and my brothers are which are doctors but I would not do it the same way I would um I would extend my 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 scope obviously I would get a a regular medical degree Mm -hmm. but I would extend it to what they what they now call integrative medicine so that includes in how you approach um what's troubling someone Mm -hmm. um both you 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 extend the paradigm to homeopathy and naturopathy and Ayurveda, I, I would not, you know, my, my my brothers are brilliant. One is a very brilliant surgeon and the other one is a, is a beloved physician and my father was a general practitioner mm-hmm. and they've done so much good and they've helped so many people. Um, but I think the world has reached a point now where we need to take a really holistic approach. And if I could do it again, I would wish to be of more service than I think I have been.
0: Mm-hmm. When was the last time when you were starstruck?
1: Um, oh, I've been starstruck mm-hmm. of, often. Um, gosh, I can't think exactly when, but you know. For, for, for example, <laughs> I, while I was in the theatre in London in January and February, mm-hmm. and I went to see, once it was over, or what, no, it was while we were still, I went to a matinee. Oh, I mm-hmm. went on a day that we, we, uh, we were dark on a Monday. So I went and saw a Monday performance of Tony Sher and a wonderful South African actor called John Carney. Mm-hmm. Now, I've worked with both of them before. I worked with, with Tony at the Royal Shakespeare Company, and I produced a film called Jail Caesar that John Carney worked in. And so I know them both well and I went to see it and I was so incredibly moved by John's performance because he had written the play as mm-hmm. well as taking the, there were only two of them, two two leads.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and even though I knew him well, um, I waited at the stage door because I took the actress I was working with um, in the play, Persona, that we were doing because she's South African as well. Mm-hmm. And she's closer and obviously John Carney's closer. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she was incredibly um, excited to meet him. She's never met him. He's an icon in South Africa. And Mm -hmm. I felt, I stood there at the stage door and when he came out, I felt totally (laughs) stage-struck. I know him, I've worked with him, Mm -hmm. but he has such presence and he did such a moving performance that that I was kind of speechless and and totally stage-struck that's the last time or the most recent time and Mm -hmm. that was in february
0: wow so if you could trade places who would you trade places for with a day for a day
1: wow if I could trade places I can't imagine what it must be like to be Greta Thunberg, if I've said that correctly. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But I am so moved by how she has galvanized people's imaginations, particularly the imagination of her generation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because my heart bleeds for those generations. Um, I think you all have such a big job to do. Um, It's, you know, we, it's amazing to me that so many human beings can just kind of go on as if, as if we weren't at the most critical moments imaginable. Um, And she uh, is quite
0: remarkable. She is indeed. Yeah. So, I I do have to ask. You worked in many TV shows and and movies ever since you've been an actor, and you have quite a few movie upcoming as well. Some of them in production, and some of them in um, still in an earlier stage of production. Um, which movie from apart from Star Trek, <laughs> if we differentiate um, the. Uh, Star Trek at the moment, you put, put it aside for a moment. Um, what, Which productions and which characters are the most closest to you?
1: You know, I learn something from everything I do somehow. Um, I discover something. I mm-hmm. mean if I don't, then I'm not doing what I'm meant to be doing. And so I, I gain something um, every time I work And so again, like saying, what actors would I like to co-star with or work with? Mm -hmm. um, It's difficult to exclude one from the other um, because each one has meant something very special and specific to me, even if it wasn't a particularly good script or a a particularly challenging role, they've all had a reason for being Mm -hmm. there. which is an enormous privilege actually to to go to work um and have such a such a complete connection Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: what it is you're doing um and so it's it's you know, there have been wonderful pieces of work that I've been in, and I've learnt. I mean, there's a, a a movie that I made a long time ago um, called The Institute Benumenta. It's a black-and-white movie. It was made by a pair of identical twins. They, they are famous for being stop-motion animationists. <laughs> the Brothers Quay, Q-U-A-Y. Their work is extraordinary. And this was the first... Live action feature they ever did. Uh, it was a remarkable piece of work. Um, I I finished in Christmas. Actually, I was up in Glasgow, and then we went up into the Cairngorms. And we actually did spend a day working in Edinburgh, or a couple of days mm-hmm. working in Edinburgh, a, a, a small independent feature called She Will, mm-hmm. which is also a, it's it, it's totally. Uh, y- across genres. You can't really pigeonhole it, Mm -hmm. but it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Um, but then I did one scene in a film in Greece, um, two summers ago. They've, they've just finished it. Um, and I wanted to do it because I was so moved by the story Mm -hmm. with just one scene. I went to Athens. Um, I was there for less than a week. And I did this one scene. Um, it's called Echoes from the Past. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in She Will, the one that we shot before Christmas in in Glasgow and up in Scotland, mm-hmm. I was the, the the principal role. I was the she in She Will. Um, and in Echoes from the Past, I had one scene.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: but but both were really enriching. And also, I learned about my craft in mm-hmm. both of them. One was one scene and one was a really huge role. But, but I learned something about what I do it, from both of them. mm
0: mm-hmm. So, you have a new movie coming up, I mean, if I can trust IMDb, you have a movie co- coming up shortly, or soonish, <laughs> called uh, Shintetsu. I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly. No, and- no,
1: Sh- Shingetsu is actually a film that, that I co-wrote and co-produced and oh. acted in a, a long time ago. Um, oh. And we, we didn't release it um, for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are contemplating actually putting it on the net, mm-hmm. just putting it out there. You know, for not not necessarily for people to buy, but just for people to see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's it's quite intense subject matter.
0: Oh, um, I wonder if you can tell us a bit about more. I, I did see the, as I mentioned, I've seen it in IMDB listed and um, I've seen you as a as a lead as well. just wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about the project the movie
1: it's 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 based on actual events but mm-hmm. um it is it's just happens between a man and a woman and it starts mm-hmm. at daybreak mm-hmm. and it ends when the moon sets the next oh wow then so it it goes. It's twenty-four hours, really, um, and it's that these two people are, are thrown together by accident, by by in by accident, by chance, mm-hmm. in an accident, and they wind up having to spend the day together. They don't want to be together in 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 proximity to each other, mm-hmm. um, but as the day progresses. They both discover that they were in the Balkans at the time of of all the troubles mm-hmm. the the ethnic cleansing and all of that that happened mm-hmm. she was a doctor's without Borders doctor and mm-hmm. he was part of a of an elite group that were working undercover. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of their lives are completely destroyed. Although she wasn't in combat, he was. But but their lives are completely destroyed by what they experienced. And mm-hmm. this is now years later. And they've never spoken about it, either of them, to any to anyone. You learn what happened to them, just mm-hmm. as they slowly start to realise they were there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, wow experiencing the conflict from different perspectives and very, very slowly they begin to talk about it Mm -hmm. almost reluctantly. But by the time the moon sets the next morning you get a sense not that they've fallen in love with each other but that they have enabled each other to sort of return to life.
0: Hmm. Oh, sounds like a really interesting story. not to mention, the um, time frame of the movie itself is very, very specific too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. I wonder. Playing in in multiple movies and 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 TV shows. Um, is there anything? Is there a dream role that you would you would love to play, no matter what? I know you mentioned that. No role is basically. Um different from each other because every one of them has a certain value that that you learned from but is there something that you would you would, would love to love to play at least once?
1: I would be really really terrified <laughs> but it would be very interesting to return to Shakespeare. I'm not sure I would have the courage to do it because from this perspective, <laughs> I know just how incredibly difficult it is to get it right, mm-hmm. um, but it would be the challenge of a lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you would be fantastic in it.
1: Uh, no, I'd, I have no <laughs> confidence about that at
0: all. Well, if that matters, I'm sure that myself and I can, I think I can safely. this, uh, speak out and on behalf of my audience we would love to see you in a Shakespeare in a Shakespeare play at the one point and we would love you no matter what <laughs> yes, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you I know it was a bit cheesy but I had to <laughs> no thank you I appreciate it um, so uh, a little bit going back to Star Trek as well and I think that's uh, probably where our um, our little uh, chat, little podcast will uh, will end Um, When you think about Star Trek, if someone, you're gardening outside in your garden, and someone from the very far shouts Star Trek, what is the first thing that comes to your mind?
1: Um, I think, do I look like the Ball Queen? I'm always amazed that people recognize me, you know, without the makeup, without the whole thing. What is it? That would make anyone. Oh my goodness! It's the ball queen. I I don't know. It's a. It mystifies me, but people do.
0: Mm hmm. I so as you probably like as we discussed at the beginning and um, when I um when I um, kindly invited over, invited you over to the show. You know, the um, title of the podcast is Warm Blanket, which um, basically, for, for me, it summons all Star Trek. It's it's something that um, I believe that Star Trek comforts me like as a warm blanket. That's the feeling I get every time when I either watch an episode or a movie or just think about it. I um, wonder what is, um, what is your warm blanket when it comes to Star Trek?
1: The, the actors and Jonathan that I worked with. I mean, not not a character, not well, the the warm blanket aspect of of, of Star Trek as opposed to the people who made it, for me is that Roddenberry was visualizing uh, a, a world or a universe where Where there were really, really wonderful values. Um, You know, it was not about money. It was not about race. It was about humanity trying to be its best. And that's the warm blanket bit of it for me.
0: And that's a very, very sweet um, way uh, way to sum it up as well. And well, Thank you very much for for this wonderful chat. I I really enjoyed it, and um, I, I I'm just honored. Honestly, I'm just really honored that um, I was able to sit down to you, uh, sit down with you, and um, and um, talk about um, Star Trek and your life, and and even gardening, <laughs> which uh, which we both um, kind of have an affection for. It is really really fantastic. Um, thank you, thank you very much for for being a part of the show.
1: My great, great pleasure, and I and I wish you luck and joy with the possibility of gardening. You know, professionally, it's. <laughs> oh um, yes. I can think of of. I think it's 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 hard work, but um, what a creative, um, and life affirming way to spend your life.
0: Indeed. Really, really wonderful. Indeed. Well, again, thank you very much for your precious time. And um, thank you very much for all the while listeners to um, tuning into yet another episode of the Warm Blanket podcast. And until next time, live long and prosper.
1: Bye. And also thank you to your listeners. I'm I'm (laughs) so appreciative of everyone that's 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 joined us.
0: And that was it for this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it, and rest assured, new episodes will be coming out every week where we sit down with a Trekkie to find out what makes us feel good about Star Trek and to discover what is our warm blanket made of. If you really enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app, it would really mean a lot to me. To find out more about this audio adventure, please visit trekkoprise.com forward slash podcast where you can also listen to the previous episodes. Thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Warm Blanket podcast and I'll see you in the next episode. Live long and prosper.